and a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Coming up, reaction to a grain farmer's code of practice. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry Shepherd at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather forecast for today. Sunny skies. Wind southeast 20 increasing to 40 gusting to 60 this afternoon. The high today minus 14. Wind chill minus 27 this afternoon. Tonight, 40% chance of flurries. Wind southeast 40, gusting to 60, becoming south 20 overnight. The temperature rising to minus 7 by morning. Friday, periods of snow ending near noon, then clearing. Wind northwest 30, gusting to 50. High minus 1 Friday. Wind chill minus 17 in the morning and minus 8 in the afternoon. The low minus 14. Saturday, sunny skies. The high minus 12, the low minus 18. Sunday, cloudy, the high minus 7, the low minus 12. Monday, cloudy, the high minus 8, the low minus 18. Tuesday, sunny skies, the high minus 13, the low minus 17. Wednesday, sunny, the high near minus 3. Normal high is minus 7, the normal low minus 19. The sun rose at 8.15 this morning. It sets at 6.10 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is leader at minus 9. The cold spot, Nipawin up north at minus 27. Estevan minus 21. Saskatoon minus 17. Swift Current minus 15. Weyburn minus 19. Yorkton is minus 22. Regina right now partly cloudy, minus 21 degrees. That's six below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 27, giving a wind chill of minus 33. Humidity 71%, the barometer dropping 102.7. Sunny and Moose Jaw minus 14. Winds are from the south at 24. Once again, Regina, partly cloudy, minus 21, that's 6 below Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Agri-News is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers Ag Division. Forget the rest, sell with the best online at mcdougallauction.com. Saskatchewan farmers are showing support for a new code of practice for grain producers. Western Canadian Wheat Growers Chair Jim Wickett says the new voluntary code is being spearheaded by Cereals Canada. Wicket sees it as a means to assure consumers that farmers are following practices to ensure food production is safe and healthy. That's been in the works for quite a while. Cereals Canada is the spearhead on that. And uh, it's to reassure markets when there's any kind of issue with, say, like a mitotoxin or even the glyphosate issues that farmers are applying products according to the label and safely and that it's have a reassurance that to consumers that the product is uh, safe to eat. So do you have concerns or do you see this as a good idea? No, I think it's a, it's a good idea. The beef sustainability and, and code of practice has followed that for quite a, some time, and this is just following along and, and actually uh, learning from some of their uh, successes and applying that to grains. So I think it's a step in the right direction. You see it as a means to ensure consumer confidence remains with Canadian food production? Yes, it's to ensure that consumers around the world that Canadian products are uh, safe to eat and that as farmers we follow all the labels and and the practices that are uh, approved. This is a voluntary plan. Will farmers follow it? I think so. All of these issues are on the radar and I just don't see farmers taking shortcuts and, and doing things like that. It's their industry and they own it and I don't know of a farmer in 
anywhere that I know of that won't eat the same products that they produce. So I think that's just a reassurance to the consumers that things are good and that farmers, like you said, it's they know the markets and they know how volatile and they know how everything they're following not closer than most consumers. So I don't see a problem with farmers following this. The topics include chemical use, soil management, wildlife habitat, and food safety. Is this a good selection? I think so. It's going to touch on everything. It just kind of, uh, it's just sound farm practices is all it is. I, I, it's nothing I don't think to be real concerned about. It's just that, you know, it's the practices we already use. It's the practices that 99.9% of farmers already follow. It's just putting it in paper and being able to go into international markets and say that farmers are following these practices. On another topic, the federal government also announced they're setting up a pilot insurance plan to help grain exporters uh, avoid problems at point of entry when they ship something out. Your reaction to that? Yeah, I think that's a good thing. Uh, I think that uh, it's long overdue. Some of these exporters, they certainly have to build some price risk in there. So if that helps take that price risk off the table and lets them offer our products, maybe it's just a touch less for money, then that maybe allows that country to buy more or that company to export more to that country when they uh, they don't have quite as much risk on the line. There's quite a few horror stories of products being left on the port and some games being played and then, you know, it gets rained on, it gets whatever, and, and it becomes a distress sale. And this insurance will just help uh, alleviate some of those fears for the exporters. This week, the federal government announced $790,000 will go to the Canada Grains Council to help develop the Voluntary Code of Practice for Grain Farmers, and $430,000 will help develop a pilot insurance for grain exporters. A farm immigration specialist based in Saskatoon says her company sources qualified employees from several countries for prairie farmers. Arena Matsuk is with ILC Farm Labor Solutions. We identified the countries that have similar farming practices and at the same time countries where people would be willing to leave their countries and either come here for a season or actually maybe move with their families. So in our case we recruit from South Africa, that's the country where majority of our applicants come from, also Ukraine, Eastern Europe, we do a little bit of uh, Mexico and then pretty much we advertise and whoever applies, whoever has the necessary qualifications. South African farmers are looking to Western Canada as a way of escaping unstable conditions and strife going on in their country. We actually have quite a few requests from people who are looking to buy uh, and become farmers here and farm owners and we are working with uh, some of them. In many cases what we see is uh, it's quite difficult to, even if you have money in South Africa, you sell your farm, it's quite difficult to come here and buy a farm because climate is different, the environment environment uh, is different as the business environment. So a lot of them choose to come maybe as a farm manager, farm supervisor and then um, bring their family and like, you know, eventually become a farm owner but uh, in the province we have a very good uh, provincial immigration program that helps farmers who want to uh, become farm owners right away to make that happen. Matsuk says the hiring process and getting the necessary paperwork can take four to six months. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market and the Remax Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel de Corby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. 
A new group called Farmers for Climate Solutions wants more action on climate change, including developing incentives to encourage farmers to adopt new technology to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Farmers for Climate Solutions is a broad-ranging group whose members include the Canadian Organic Growers, Farm Folk City Folk, and the National Farmers Union. Stuart Wells farms near Swift Current and is NFU Vice President. He says the members of Farmers for Climate Solutions have a clear message. Something needs to be done and farmers need to be a major part of putting forward the solutions for our own industry. We don't want uh, solutions to be imposed on us. Uh, we need to be proposing solutions of our own and working with governments and anyone who's interested in um, finding solutions. You know, we, we really feel that we can't just sit back and say we oppose any sort of change whether that's a carbon levy or anything else, any other kind of uh, uh, measures that are proposed to reduce the production of greenhouse gases, we need to be more than just sitting on the sidelines saying no. We need to be part of the discussion. We need to understand what's happening around us as best we can and then really be part of those solutions. And so it all gets sort of wrapped up in the title there, Farmers for Climate Solutions. Wells says agriculture is one of the most promising sectors for delivering effective climate solutions, but economic incentives are required. There need to be incentives. There needs to be all sorts of government mobilization. That's the only way we're really going to come to terms with this, because none of these issues in and of themselves are easy. If the problem would have been easy to identify and understand, that would have happened a long time ago, and if the solutions were easy, that would have happened a long time ago as well. You know, it's going to be a work in progress, and that's really why we want to be part of the solution, uh, part of the discussion with these other organizations, and we want the input from other farmers and other organizations. Wells talks about one area of improvement. So, for instance, in the area of uh, cropping systems, there needs to be more federal government money spent on breeding newer and different varieties of crops so that we could get into more perennial production. And there is some work ongoing within Ag Canada on that now. It just needs to be multiplied. The same thing for developing varieties of winter crops. And there are Durham varieties, for instance, in the pipeline that should be available to be seeded as a, a, a winter variety and they should be released in uh, five years or so. But we just need to ramp up all of that kind of research and make sure that the federal government, as a public institution, is carrying those varieties right to the finish. Some environmental groups have criticized cattle production as a source of greenhouse gas emissions. Wells says cattle are an important part of agriculture. There are all sorts of ecological benefits that arise from grazing animals. And so we're saying that that can't be ignored. That has to be part of the solution. On the other hand, as soon as the production model of cattle gets towards the what you call a higher input system, because the higher the inputs, the higher the emissions are going to be from that type of agriculture. So as soon as you start using a lot of chemical and fertilizer to grow the feed, especially grain, that goes into those animals, all of a sudden you're, you're getting down to a different part of the production continuum where 
you're now into a, it's not a natural cycle, but it's a cycle that's using a lot more inputs and producing a lot more greenhouse gases. Stuart Wells from Swift Current is vice president of the National Farmers Union. The NFU is part of a new group called Farmers for Climate Solutions. It wants the federal government to develop policies and incentives to support low-input, low-emission agricultural systems. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollis Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were showing downward movement in early trading today. Viterra's prices for canola fell 10 cents at 425.08. Oats dropped 5.98 at 199.70. Number one red spring wheat went down 66 cents at 223.52. The rest were unchanged. Durham 266.39. Feed barley 175.66. Flax 535 dollars 79 cents. Lentils 482.50. Yellow peas 249.89. And feed wheat 156.83. In Minneapolis, March spring wheat is down three and three quarter cents at five dollars twenty-seven and a half cents a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn livestock auctions. Call Assiniboia six four two forty one eighty or Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia or Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. This is the micro report for the Assiniboia Livestock Auction for the week of February 13th, 2020. D1 and 2 cows were stronger and sold between 85 and 95 cents. D3 cows 75 to 85 cents. Butcher bulls are still up and sold from $1.05 to $1.15. A 500 to 550-pound steer calves averaged $2.11, sold up to $2.23. 550 to 600-pound steers averaged $2.10, sold up to $2.14. 600 to 650 pound steers average 209, sold up to 214 as well. 650 to 700 pound steers average $1.90, sold up to 206. The 700 to 800 pound steers average $1.85, sold up to $2 a pound. And 8 to 900 pound steers average $1.75, sold up to $1.83. Heifers are about 20 cents back in each weight break. This has been Roy Rutledge reporting from Saskatchewan's legendary auction market. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices for SIG 5 TCP BP2, $129.21 per CKG. For BP4 TCP4, it's $140.35 per 100 kilograms. The outlook today, sunny, wind southeast 20, increasing to 40, gusting to 60 this afternoon. The high today, minus 14, the wind chill, minus 27 this afternoon. Tonight, 40% chance of flurries. Wind southeast 40, gusting to 60, becoming south 20 overnight. Temperature rising to minus 7 by tomorrow morning. Friday, periods of snow ending near noon, then clearing skies. Wind northwest 30, gusting to 50. The high tomorrow, minus 1. Wind chill minus 17 tomorrow morning, minus 8 in the afternoon. The low, minus 14. In Regina, with partly cloudy skies, it's minus 21. That's 6 below Fahrenheit. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming.